Well, good morning. Uh, that was a nice introduction, Aaron. Uh, it's not very often that people would say when I speak, it's a privilege to listen. So I do appreciate that. Uh, but I am Mark Jones. I'm one of the elders here at Gospel City. Stacy and I have been involved uh, from the first thought of having a church in Elkhart, which quite frankly, we weren't for. Um, we were enjoying ourselves over in Granger, but God moves and we obeyed and we are so thankful to be here this morning. Um, we have been in Psalms of the Ascent and today we are in Psalm 124 and I have two goals for you this morning and hopefully I'll communicate this well. The first one is into to encourage you by working through Psalm 124, by presenting truth. Truth is hard to find these days, but it is all over Psalm 124. It's going to show us how God has protected us and protects his own, meaning those who have given their lives over to him. The second goal would be to exhort you to praise God to share with others what he has done for you by being a witness. There are two things that God wants from us. One of them is to love him and the other one is to love people. That's pretty much the story of the Bible right there. So let's read Psalm 124. Now, understand they were singing this as they were ascending up to the temple. I will not sing it. I'm going to read it, and I'm going to read it in a way that I think uh, they would say it if they were saying it instead of singing it. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say. If the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, when their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us alive. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. Verse 5, the raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's pray again. Father, thank you for these words. I pray that you give us open hearts to receive what you have for us today. Lord, please remove the distractions, the things that are on our minds that take us away from the here and now. Lord, help us so that we can know and believe that just like the Israelites, you are on our side. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So the title of my sermon, I went to a uh, preaching uh, seminar a couple weeks ago with some guys from the church, and they said we should come up with a sermon name. So this is my sermon name, 
and it's can I get a witness? So let's jump in. Verse 1 and 2a. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side. This passage starts out with a strong declaration. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say. This was a song of remembrance, of the strength and care that God showed over years and years to the Israelites. It was a corporate rally cry where David is calling all to rejoice in and praise God who had rescued them time and time again. But notice the repetition in verse 2. It just says it again. If the Lord had not been our side, this repetition is to emphasize that the Lord is present. And this is my first point. The Lord is present. Understand, he's not only saying that the Lord is present in the here and now, but the Lord has always been with Israel. And because of this, they have not perished, but instead have hope in the one they're singing about. Also note, it's just not, it's just not that God was working on their behalf, but that God was actually on their side. What a difference. Here's a cool fact. The phrase, had not been on our side, in Hebrew, is past tense for Emmanuel. God with us. Therefore, they understood that God had been with them the whole time. One day the Messiah would come and be called Emmanuel, but God has always been with them the whole way. Question for you. Have you experienced the presence of God? Seems like a real basic question. But what were the circumstances? And what are you doing to make sure you don't forget the experience? So back in October of 2021, my son Trent came home for a short visit. He was there for a few days, and we didn't know it, obviously, but he brought the Delta virus with him. About a week later, after me being tested, um, it was apparent that, obviously, I, I had the virus. I was at home for 10 days, sleeping about 23 hours a day and eating nothing. You've seen these little devices at the hospital that they put on your finger. That is to test your blood oxygen level. Um, as I was sick, we didn't have one of these, but as I got sick, uh, some friends brought us one, and it tests your blood oxygen level. 
and being home for 10 days and seeing my oxygen level just depleting and going down and going down, it became apparent that I needed to get to the hospital. After many prayers from my family and friends, including many of you here, I was able to get back home in about three days. I'll never forget the day coming home. And quite frankly, I never felt like I was in any trouble whatsoever. My family knew a little different. But what started as a great day of coming home turned into a plea for my life. I remember waking up early in the morning, Sunday morning, and everyone was in my room. My oxygen level had dropped into the 70s, which was way too low. Stacy was trying to get me to breathe deep, but I had double COVID pneumonia. My lungs were full, and I wasn't capable of breathing deep. Our local doctor said, get me some oxygen, but gave no help in where to get it. It was 2.30 in the morning, and here's where God started to reveal himself. My daughter, throughout the week that I was sick and in, while I was in the hospital, was posting my condition on Facebook. I think this is about the only thing that Facebook is good for, is sharing prayer requests. Over the last, um, she had been sharing these things on Facebook, and over the last days, uh, a friend of mine from high school, who's now an emergency room physician in Carmel, saw the posts that night. He's in an emergency room in Carmel, Indiana, and he had time to be on Facebook and to see the posts. He contacted my wife that very night. He told her either my oxygen level comes up to an acceptable, acceptable number or call an ambulance, which meant I was going on a ventilator. I remember the room being quiet, seeing my daughter with her face on the floor, my son praying and giving support, and Stacy doing everything she could to help me. It was time to call the ambulance. So Courtney punched in 911 on her phone. But before she pushed send, my oxygen level started to increase. It increased to an acceptable level. And my doctor friend ordered me oxygen and had it delivered to my room within hours where I spent the next two months recuperating at home on the oxygen. There is a deep sense of indebtedness to God and to people when they provide escape from a dire situation. This is the spirit that Psalm 124 is written in. The presence of the Lord results in his blessing. The second point, the Lord protects his people. Verse 2b, 
through 5 says, when men attacked us, when their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us up alive. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Turn in your Bible, if you would, please, to Genesis. Keep your hand in 124, but turn to Genesis 12, 1 through 3. We're going to look at some promises in the way that God had protected the Israelites. Genesis 12, 1 through 3 says, God's promise, about God's promise to Abram. The Lord had said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Catch this. And whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Turn to the right to Genesis 28, 12 through 15. This is God's promise to Jacob. Verse 12 said, he had a dream in which he saw a stairway resting on the earth with its top reaching to heaven. And the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. There above it stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your descendants the land on which you are lying. Your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will spread out to the west, to the east, to the north, and to the south. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Listen to this. I am with you, and I will watch over wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this land. I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. You don't need to turn there, but if you'd go to Genesis 5, you'd start to read about Noah and how God protected his family. We all know that story. I got a few more good ones, so hang on. Exodus 12, 21 through 23. God protected Israelite families during the Passover. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop. Dip it in the blood and in the basin and put some of the blood on the top and both sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe and will pass over that doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your houses and strike you down. And one final one. Exodus 14, 13 through 18. God parted the Red Sea. Moses answered the people, 
do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see deliverance. The Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. Verse 17, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. What incredible stories. I saw a show, it's been several years ago now, where they were trying to explain the natural phenomenon of water dividing in its middle and creating dry ground so that people could walk through. We either believe these stories the way they are told, or we don't believe any of it. Question for you. Have you seen God's protection in your life? I've seen God's protection so many times in my life. Some were just life occurrences, right? We're traveling and almost getting in an accident. Those things happen. But others were choices that I made that took me down the wrong path, took me to a dangerous place. But God showed mercy on me and protected me and sometimes protected those who were with me. Please understand, I'm not minimizing or making light of the very difficult circumstances that many of you have faced or are facing now. Sometimes things happen in our lives that lead us to feel or think that God is not present and that he doesn't care. This is where faith and belief in the sovereignty of God comes into play. Our God is the same God who parted the sea and allowed Joseph to be thrown in a pit and sold into slavery. Does he care for you less? Have your circumstances or sins disqualified you from the love and protection of our God? Absolutely not. That is a lie straight from the pit. As Joseph said in Genesis 50, 20, you intended harm to me, but God intended it for good. We must remember the promises he made to us. Isaiah 41.10 says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. 
I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Ben frequently says this phrase when he preaches. And I think it's something that we should always remember. This world is not our home. Our biggest problem has already been solved. That doesn't mean that we won't go through difficult situations. God finds glory in the way that we respond to those difficult situations. And I know that you... As you glorify God by going through those difficult situations, I know that you are a witness to those around you. They have to see a difference. All of these truths that we just read should lead us to praise, right? Which is my next point. Praise the Lord. Blessed be the Lord. This does not mean that God needs our blessing. He really doesn't. But rather, it's a way of bestowing thanks to him. When we are praising him, we must take a position of humbleness. If you read through those verses, God had protect, protected Israel from being prey to their teeth. The wicked are like animals who devour their prey. And verse 7 says, we have escaped. First Thessalonians 5.8 says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now there are many, many things that we could continue to give God thanks for. We could stay here all day and never scratch the surface of the things that we could be thankful for. But don't miss the most important. In verse 7. We have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. There was one who willingly went into the snare and could have escaped, but he graciously took the pain and suffering on our behalf. Praise to Jesus for breaking the snare so that we could live holy lives, free from death and the power of sin. Psalm 117, 1 and 2 says, Praise the Lord, all nations. Extol him, all peoples. 
For great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. And here's my last point. Verse 8. The Lord is present. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He is always available. He pursues you. He knows what's coming, and he knows how it's going to end. Where do you turn when life gets difficult? Is God your first thought? Or is he down the list after we do our best to fix the situation ourselves? How many scriptures do you know that you can use to do battle with? The power is in the word who is also God. I will tell you in my own life, the times that I've battled things, the thing that has batted a thousand is when I have quoted scripture. When I try to do it on my own, when I try to put myself into a position where it's quiet and I can contemplate, that doesn't do it. What does it is the very word of God. When I could recall those things out of my heart that I might not sin against God, that is where the power is. And I'm just telling you, I bat a thousand. Now, there's times that I didn't go there. There were times that I chose unwisely. Christian, what is your countenance? Christian meaning those who have given your lives to God. What is your countenance? Are you downcast and downhearted? Remember, God is in control and he loves you. Everything he does is for his glory, but also your best interest. Praise him continually. You may be here and you may not be a Christian. You may know you're not a Christian. You may have decided not to accept. Or maybe you're trying to figure this out. My question is, what is holding you back? Jesus paid the price for you. Stop trying to find all the answers because you won't. Step out in faith. Time is moving quickly, and we have no guarantee of tomorrow. Today is the day of your salvation. So we're going to end the service a little bit differently than most um, Sundays. I'm going to play a video of a worship song of a church in Indianapolis. I would like for you to contemplate during this song things that Jesus has done for you. 
Ways that he has come through for you. Ways that he's protected you. And I'd like for those things to lead you right into worship. If you want to sit, that's fine. Sit. If you want to stand, the words will be on the screen. If you want to sing with it, that's great too. Whatever the Spirit of God leads you to do, let that happen. But worship. The stairs are open. If anybody wants to come and kneel, that's fine and pray up here. But worship. He deserves it. And he asks for it. Technical difficulty. Why don't we pause it and start over?
I had asked you earlier if you had a way of remembering things that God has done for you. This song is one for our family. This was one month after I got sick. The young lady singing the song is our daughter. And she's carrying Tate, my grandson. This will always be a great reminder for us of God's faithfulness and protection. Make sure you are watching for his presence, for his protection, and be ready to share how he has rescued you. Before I pray, let me say, if you're carrying a burden today and you need prayer, please come forward after the service. I'll be up here. Aaron will be here. Zach will be around. Stacy's up here. If you're a lady and would like a lady to pray with you, don't carry it out on your own. We'll be here to help, and God will give you help. Let me pray. Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your, your presence, your protection, and for your faithfulness, your covering us. I pray that as we leave this place, we would remember all of the good things that you have done, and we would be quick to share with others. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You are loved. Have a great week.